Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. because it, it reminded me of how of the different ways that we can say the Lord's Prayer. I know some of you I could see you start doing a kind of motion like this because if you are a part of the walk to Emmaus, that that is a prayer that they, they say that. And whenever you do the Lord's Prayer and you sing that, you sway back and forth like this. I remember the first time that I, I did uh, a walk to Emmaus down here in the North Texas Conference or the Dallas Emmaus community, uh, I was not expecting that at all. Uh, I was invited to come and do a candlelight because I, I did my walk to Emmaus when I was up in Kansas. So, and then came back and I was able to hop in and, and be a clergy to help out here or there. So I was doing the candlelight and was doing the uh, communion liturgy, the communion liturgy that we do here uh, in, in, the, in the sanctuary when we worship together. And as we do here at the end of the communion liturgy, we say, the Lord's Prayer. So I was all ready just to start speaking the Lord's Prayer, and then the new musician started playing. I was like, what in the world is going on here? And then everybody stands up, and they put their arms around each other, and they start swaying. I'm like, that's kind of cool. It took me a while to get used to that, but, but it, it, it reminded me that we have so many different ways that we can pray the Lord's Prayer. But, but the one thing that is true about every single way that we do that, it, it, it helps connect us. It, it connects us to one another. It connects us with those around the world, from those that have gone way before, and then for those that will come in the future. And that's basically what this next part of the Lord's Prayer is all about. So as before we get into God's Word, I invite you to go to God in prayer with me. Would you please pray with me?
Oh God, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to, to dig into this prayer, a prayer that sometimes may feel so familiar and so comfortable to us that when we say it, we don't really think about the words. But Lord, we know that each petition, each phrase has something for us to hold on to. And so, Lord, as we talk about this next phrase, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So our scripture for today, we're moving uh, up to uh, one more verse, to uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, where we have these words that Jesus teaches us to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Those are dangerous words. Those, those are real dangerous words for, for those who follow Jesus the Christ. And I say that they're dangerous words because that means something must change. That, that we don't follow what the world tells us to follow, that we are saying, God, I, we want your kingdom to be here on earth. We want your will to be done just as it is in the heavens around us. We want that to be done right here and right now. The kingdom of God is, is one of those phrases that is uh, used a lot in the Gospels. No matter, when somebody asks me, uh, what is the thing that Jesus taught about the most? And the answer would be, it's not about money, it's not about sin, it's not about following anyone, but it's about the kingdom of God and how the kingdom of God is, is the central thing that Jesus came to proclaim. When we look throughout Scripture, we see that, that Jesus talked about the kingdom of God in, in three separate forms. He talked about the kingdom of God being something of the past. When he, when he shares about uh, the Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that they are in the kingdom of God and that we will one day join them. So those are those people in the past, the patriarchs, that, will, that we will join in the kingdom of God. Then he spoke of a kingdom being present or at hand. And, and we especially hear that in his very first sermon, which is recorded in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, where Jesus says, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So he's not saying that the kingdom of God already came. He's not saying that we're waiting for the kingdom of God to come, but he's saying, because I am here on earth, the kingdom of God is here and right now. And then we have the kingdom of God in a, a future sense. And we see that in the book of Revelation. We see a future fulfilling of the kingdom of God. But, but, but one thing we have to realize when we see it being talked about in the book of Revelation, it's not talking about some place that we're going to go to. 
but it talks about the kingdom of God coming and reuniting with the earth. If we take a look at Revelation 21, verses 1 and 2, John writes, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there were no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. So, so the book of Revelation isn't saying that, that heaven is a place, or the kingdom of a God is a place that we are going to just up and go to. But it says that the kingdom of God is something that will come here. It'll come down, presented from God like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. There's something called spaceship theology. And what spaceship theology is, it's a thought that one of these days when we pass on, we're going to get up and get out of here. But that's not what the kingdom of God is about. Now, we will go and be in heaven, but the important thing for us to remember is that Heaven is not the place that we should long for, but we should long for it in a way that we bring it here on earth. John Ortberg, who is a, a pro prolific Christian writer, he uh, wrote a book in 2018 called Eternity is Now in Session. And, and in, this session, in, in this book, he uses a quote from Dallas Willard saying, what if salvation isn't mostly about getting you into heaven but about getting heaven into you? What if we stop thinking about how we can get into heaven, but think about mostly how is it that we can get heaven inside of each and every one of us? Your kingdom come. Your will be done in my life as it is done in heaven. One of the things that's easy for us to do is, is to take a look at this petition and think, well, that's a job for somebody else to do. No, we'll, we'll just go on doing what we normally do, but it's somebody else's responsibility to bring the kingdom of God to pass. But my friends, that's not what the kingdom of God is about. It's not about us taking this passive role and to allow somebody else to do the work, but it is a, a full invitation for us to join into the work. If, if we were to really think about what was going on along the time of, of, of Jesus, that's what the Israelites were hoping for. They were hoping for somebody to come and rescue them because they were so sick and tired of, of, of the political authorities around them not doing anything. Kind of sounds a little bit like what we have going on right now, doesn't it? Sometimes we expect the Republicans or the Democrats to take care of everything when all that really needs to happen is that we need to be the ones that are ushering in God's kingdom. N.T. Wright wrote in a book, Putting it bluntly, they, talking about the Israelites, were fed up with the other kings they've had for a long time. As far as they were concerned, the Roman emperors were a curse, and the Herodian dynasty was a joke. 
It was time for the true God, the true king, to step into history, to take the power and the glory to claim the kingdom for his own. My friends, I, I, I propose that that is what we are called to do right now. We are the ones that need to call out for God to have him come and step into our history and take the power and the glory to claim this kingdom for his own. And we are to be a part of that. And Jesus gives us the idea of how it is that we are to, to take a part of this kingdom. A little bit later in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in, in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, he says, Instead, desire first and foremost God's kingdom and God's righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. You may be familiar with that passage. Instead of desire first, it says, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. The, the word for seek ye or for desire is zeteo. And, and zeteo is an extremely powerful word in the Gospels. It, it's used throughout as a way to search, to desire, to try to obtain, to look, to inquire. It, it's this always constant looking and seeking what it is that God wants for us. This past weekend, we had our grandson, Samuel, who's now in second grade. And if you're familiar with that grade, there's a lot of questions that are asked. We were watching a, a movie uh, yesterday afternoon, and before the, ev before the movie even started, the questions started happening. Papa, why did it? Why did it? Why does this happen in the movie? Papa, why does this happen in the movie? Papa, why did they say that? Papa is like Sam. Just stop talking and let's watch the movie. But that is the way that we seek. That is the way that we try to understand what it is that that God has for each and every one of us. It's just this diligent searching because we want to know the answers, and God wants us to ask those questions. God wants us to be open to hear his words for us. So you may ask, how, how can we do that? How, how can we bring in God's kingdom? What, what are the things that we must do? First, we must abide in Jesus. We must take time to abide in our Savior. Over the past month, I've, I've been kind of digging through John chapter 15, and that's the, the passage where Jesus is talking about the being the vine, and we are the branches. And, and one of the first things he says is that we must abide in Jesus as he abides in us. That's beautiful. That is so beautiful that, that to think about that we are being called to abide in Jesus just as he already abides in us, cares for us, loves us, desires us to know his will. And then he goes on, and he says, just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, Neither can you unless you abide 
in me. So the first way that we can, can understand what the kingdom of God and how to seek is that we must continue to be in Jesus, just as Christ is in us. A second way to do this is to be a courageous storyteller. I heard recently uh, author and pastor down at Mosaic Church in Georgia, uh, Carolyn Moore, she was talking about how she was really sick and tired of using other people's stories to talk about faith. And what she means by that is that, you know, it's so easy to, to open up a book or to do an internet search whenever you're trying to find out how God is active and moving somewhere else. But she says, I have stopped asking to find things like that. And what I want to see is how God is active and moving in our community right now. I want the stories that, that we tell as Roy City First United Methodist Church to be stories about how God is healing how God is moving, how God is equipping those who are part of this congregation to be in ministry. It's so easy to find and tell stories about what's happening in other countries or in other states or in other cities, but when we abide in Jesus, when we truly abide in Jesus, we should be able to have stories that we can draw on about how God is active and moving in and through us. And one of the ways that we can open up those stories is that we unleash forgiveness. Forgiveness is something that I think the world really needs to, to, to grab a hold of because it is so easy to, to hold on to grudges. I know I do it a lot. I was having a talk with Heather. Heather, I hope you don't mind me telling this. Too late. I'm going to do it anyway. But we were talking outside about Facebook and, and how we were just getting so tired. I, I get to a point where I just really stop looking at Facebook because I don't really like a lot of the stuff that's in there. But there's something that you can do on Facebook now when somebody makes you mad. You can just block them or, or you can just, just unfriend them all together. So you don't have to deal with it. But you know what that does? That, that gets us to the opportunity where if we don't like somebody or if we don't agree with them, we can just dismiss them. That's not forgiveness. That's not allowing God to, to, to change us, to mold us. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another even as God in Christ forgave you. So maybe it's good that we do block people that, that we just don't, can't get along with right now, but to not do it in a spiteful manner so we don't have to deal with them. But maybe we take opportunity to say, you know, as a kind-hearted, tender way to do this, I'm just going to just shut that out for right now so I don't lash out because, you know, lashing out never happens on Facebook, does it? And then finally... We must accept God's kingdom gift for ourselves. Because, my friends, the good news is that God wants each and every one of us to, to experience this gift. It is such a good and, and, and magnificent gift for us to have. Luke 12, verse 32, Jesus says, Don't be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good 
pleasure to give you the kingdom. Isn't that good news? Isn't that great news? Knowing that it is God's good pleasure that He desires that each and every one of us experience the kingdom of God right here and right now. So, how can we make this, how can we put this into action? Well, the spiritual practice that I have for us today, and and this will be on our Facebook group that you can access uh, after worship service is over. And if you need me to send this to you, please let me know and I'll be happy to. But it's to take time to listen. To take time to listen and spend time in prayer. Excuse me. We are a people who are busy. We're running around. Even in the midst of this COVID thing that we have going on, I think probably it's, it's getting worse now because we're trying hard to catch up. We feel like that since we've been knocked out for the past six months that we have to work twice as hard to get stuff done. But that's not what God is calling us to do. God is wanting us to listen, to hear, to repent of the things that we have done and and open ourselves up to God's kingdom. And the best way to do that is by spending time in prayer. This past weekend, I I heard, uh, I had a three-hour block where I was a part of this new room gathering. And and Jim Cimbala, who is the pastor at a church up in Brooklyn, he was one of the speakers, and he talked about how his church and, and the things that he did in his church, he, he heard all of these uh, statistics about church growth and, and the right ways to do things, and the thing that he heard from God is that you need to be in prayer. You need to be a church full of prayer. And then he talked about, you know, think about the Gospels. When, when Jesus went into the temple and he saw the money changers and, and all of those people that were selling, and, and he, he turned over all the tables and he was upset, and he then spoke and he said, my father's house is a house of prayer. It's not a house of business. It's not a house of doing things. It's not a house of of trying to to stay relevant, but God's house is a house of prayer. We must take time to allow God to direct us. And 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 it's, it's just a simple thing of sitting and listening, but it's also something a little bit more than that. Remember the word I talked about, zateo? That is what prayer is about. It is seeking, desiring, trying to obtain, demanding from God, God, I'm here. I'm open to what you have for us. Please talk to me. Please share with me. And my friends, I know, I know, I know, I know that when we do that, God will speak. And when you get that nudge, it may may not be a loud voice saying, I want you to do this, but it may be just a simple nudge to to reach out to a neighbor or to to text or call someone. Or or maybe if you're at the store, uh, finding a way to bless somebody else in line. 
God will give you nudges. And what you must do is just say yes to it. Say yes and just do it so that you can accept the beautiful gift that God has given us of his kingdom. So then you can then have a courageous story to tell about how God has interacted in your life. And then you can then share how you abided in Jesus and that Jesus has made his life full for you. Let us pray. Oh God, we ask that you bring your kingdom. Bring your kingdom to us right here and right now so that we can feel your presence and your power in our lives. So we can then share that presence and that power with those around us. Lord, give us steps so that we may abide in you. And then when we abide in you, give us these stories that we can share about your great love and mercy in the world around us. Help us to forgive. And God, help us to accept the gift that you have waiting for us. Let us open our arms to receive the kingdom right here and right now. So, Lord, we pray all of this. In the name of the one who loves us and cares for us, Jesus, our Lord. Amen.